This podcast episode should not be used as a substitute for medical or mental health advice. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical advice, counseling, and or therapy from a healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition, mental health issue, or health inquiry, including matters discussed on this podcast episode. Welcome back to the Narcissistic Abuse Support Platform podcast brought to you by Unfiltered. This is episode 3. In today's episode, Angela, a licensed professional counselor specializing in narcissistic abuse recovery, will answer these five questions from our community. 1. How do you overcome the sense of loss after a narcissistic relationship? I feel like I wasted so much of my life. 2. The narcissist makes me feel really bad about setting boundaries. He calls me controlling, arrogant, childish, and so on. I know that he is just manipulating me, but it still makes me second-guess myself. How can I overcome this? 3. I want revenge on the narcissist. Does that make me a narcissist? What are some healthy forms of revenge that I can take without being narcissistic? 4. What are some of the ways that narcissists manipulate us into being comfortable, being powerless and vulnerable? 5. How can I deal with my kid who is lashing out at me to get the love of their narcissistic parent? Hi Angela, thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. It's a it's an honor. Uh, let's get started right away. So today in this uh, podcast episodes episode, we have one, two, three, four, five questions. So the first one is um, one of the community members asked that, how do you overcome the sense of loss after a narcissistic relationship? I feel like I wasted so much of my life. Yeah, that's a great question. You know what? I, I know that feeling very well after getting out of a, a narcissistic marriage. Um, I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that there's going to be some grief, uh, that the relationship took time from our life. I know if it's wasted, I don't know if that's the right word for it. I think we learn, you know, in challenging relationships and toxic relationships. So in a way, I don't know that it's wasted. Um, but I can definitely sense that there's some grief from this community member about having spent so much time in that relationship. Um, you know, we're not really ever prepared to be in a narcissistic relationship. We don't choose it. Mm -hmm. So once we get in it and we know that we're there, you know, we learn, you know, after getting out, probably we won't do it again. So I don't know the sense of loss. I think it happens with time that we develop um almost like an idea that it was a gift that we got out if you will we're now in a better place we're healthier uh we, we can see healthy relationships versus unhealthy okay yeah that makes sense thank you good answer uh, maybe follow-up question you mentioned that mm, that we rather learn from those yeah. so what what would be what, how hmm, how do i ask this what is your biggest what did you learn yourself you mentioned that you have been in yeah. narcissistic marriage so yeah 
What do you think? I, I learned, I think the biggest thing that I learned was that I was not trusting my intuition and I was ignoring red flags. Okay. And I'm sure that um, community members um, and listeners of your podcast can probably relate to that where we feel like, yeah, we saw some red flags, but we uh, just let them go. We got an answer for them, but they didn't, it just still didn't sit right. So we just didn't want to be a, you know, a problem. So we let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go to the second question then. Sure. So, uh, the narcissist, the narcissist makes me feel really bad about setting boundaries. He calls me controlling, uh, arrogant, childish, and so on. I know that he is just manipulating me, but it still makes me second guess myself. How can I over overcome this? Yeah, I think he is trying to manipulate you into making you feel crazy. That's mm -hmm. part of narcissism in general is this sense of we're not sure if we're being, you know, too, too much or crazy, or if they're, um, you know, they're right, we're wrong, we're not sure. But when someone is upset about your boundaries, it really tells you that they should be there. We should definitely set them. They don't like it. Healthy relationships, when a boundary is set, the receiver says, oh, okay, you're right. I should have, you're right. I did that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. When someone receives a boundary and they don't like it because they don't want you to have one, then they become elevated. They get manipulative. They say you're controlling, arrogant, whatever, uh, you know, childish as this person is asking. And I think the best way to really overcome that is to focus on reality. What is the reality? Is the reality that my boundary is necessary and not unreasonable? Okay, then probably should be there. Then it is reality. And if so, then we keep it. I love the saying in certain situations, especially when um, we talk to a narcissist, I love the saying, that's not my reality. Mm. And it really helps to keep yourself in check instead of getting caught up in this idea that we're controlling or arrogant or we're the problem. Yeah, that's a great, great answer. Um, again, I would like to, if you are comfortable answering, sure. uh, ask, um, do you remember or can you give an example in your own narcissistic marriage, like of some boundary that was always crossed, like no matter how many times you said it and tried to maintain it, it always got crossed? Mm. Um, <laughs> I think probably for several of us, um, uh, narcissistic abuse survivors, um, cheating, infidelity would be a oh, definite yeah. first step, right? Um, and nobody gets married with the idea that, yay, it's great, they're going to cheat on me. This is such a boundary violation and not just, it's it's a, a vow violation, it's a sacred violation, it's everything. No matter when, if you knew about it and now we're trying to repair the relationship and it keeps going, I mean, that's the biggest one that I can think of. Mm -hmm. So I know my ex-husband told me when I said I would like a divorce, he said, you're being ridiculous. We're just going to take a break. Oh, 
Right. We were taking, I didn't realize that, but we were taking a break, meaning he was having other relationships and I didn't know about that. How many times did that happen? If I can ask. <laughs> quite a few, <laughs> quite a few. few. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because but, that, you know, yeah, yeah continue. I, I didn't, I didn't know that there were quite a few at the time. Yeah. But now, yeah. now I do. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, because I feel like we often talk about that. Yeah, set boundaries with a narcissist, but at some point when they get crossed over and over again, like at some point, do you think or do you agree that it becomes point pointless and you should maybe consider maybe ending the relationship or leaving? And absolutely, absolutely, yeah. because repeated boundary violations mean disrespect mm. and at the point at which you've asked someone repetitively to stop doing something and they continue please remember that they do not respect you thank you i think this is important to just say out loud <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> okay let's go to the third question sure. I want revenge on the narcissist. Does does that make me a narcissist? What are some healthy forms of revenge that I can take without being narcissistic? Uh, no, revenge doesn't make you narcissistic. All of us would love to have some justice, right? And I think there is a sense of justice that we want. We can't understand why someone would be so hurtful. Uh, but look, if you try to get revenge on a narcissist, they're just going to up the ante, meaning they're going to do something worse to try to continue to one up you. That's that's the nature of this game. They don't um, they don't learn personal responsibility. They wouldn't apologize. No empathy. So you getting revenge is really um, fruitless. There's no point to it at all. I think a healthier option um, would be to see what if I gained out of getting out of this relationship? I think that would be, first of all, get out. Second of all, look at what you've gained. Do you have freedom now? Do you have freedom to say whatever you want, to set a boundary, to be in a healthy relationship? Do you have friends? Um, do you feel sane instead of insane? Um, you know, being healthy and being in a new better relationship i think is the best revenge mm -hmm. thriving yeah thriving right <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah okay thank you for that answer sure. the fourth fourth question is what are some of the ways that narcissists manipulate us into being comfortable being powerless and vulnerable mm. And this is an interesting question because I think we're never actually really comfortable being powerless and vulnerable. Nobody's quite comfortable there and we know it. Our intuition is saying something, our, you know, our bodies might be um, sick in some way because we know this is not healthy and it's toxic. So, I, I don't know that we're we're comfortable. We just deny it. 
Mm. And denial is such a powerful tool for ourselves. Um, you know, they, they like to use psychological abuse tactics like gaslighting, projecting, love bombing, for starters. Um, and they're really good at telling us that our reality is not true. And so it makes you feel crazy and you do kind of give up a little bit. And maybe that's where the being comfortable part look, looks like. Um, they like to be in control of things. So finances, for instance, um, where you live, how many, where, what you do, what you don't do, friends you see, whether you work or don't work, everything feels very um, stifling or inflexible. And that is a way to feel powerless. They're doing it on purpose. See, when we gain power, we gain a little control. Narcissists don't like that. Mm. So they feel like uh, they, they try to tell us through love bombing or through maybe uh, some of their other techniques that they're the only ones that can take care of us. We're, they're the only ones that we can count on when that isn't actually true. Mm. So in a way, they try to make you feel comfortable just being less. Yeah. What do you, follow-up question, what do you think that tells about them and their characteristics? Mm. Uh, it, it just everything points to the same conclusion. Um, manipulative, narcissistic, um, insecure, extremely insecure. Mm. You know, Dr. Romani uh, says that, and she's the expert in narcissism, says that narcissists are insecure tyrants. <laughs> and I love that. I love that phrase. And because you can kind of see that they are quite insecure. I mean, when you're in a healthy relationship, you're, you would want your partner to be powerful and be vulnerable and be loving and healthy. That's love. Yeah, it, exactly. it sounds like they, like they're almost incapable of loving someone in a healthy way. Mm, mm, yeah. I mean, if you think about them, it is very like, they are very unable to love others in a healthy way when like their suppressed negative emotions always come to where they always are protecting their ego, which is so yes. like fra fra fragile that almost anything can trigger, trigger it. And then all the ne negative emotions come and then they start either projection mm -hmm. to like, and mm -hmm. push push the emotions onto the other person so yeah yes yes it's really common with projection that uh, a narcissist will say to you well i think you're cheating mm, yeah when they are yeah uh, oh i think you've taken money out of the bank account when they did you know that's what projection is i think you're i think you're lying when they're lying like, so mm. we have to remember some of these techniques and get very educated on what they are so we know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's go to the last question. Um, one of the community members is asking, how can I deal with my kid who is lashing out at me to get the love of their narcissistic parent? Mm. Oh, such a challenging topic. 
and I deal with this in my private practice often um, with parental alienation, which means some one of the parents has created a situation in which the kids are, are alienated from their other biological parent. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in being very honest and real with your kids. Uh, age appropriate, of course. Um, I would keep conversation very neutral, um, but really honest. Like if dad doesn't show up or call, then I would have the parent say something like, sometimes he shows up and sometimes he doesn't. It keeps it very neutral, but it's true. Sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Mm. Or um, I would say something like, your dad has a difficult time showing up. Mm, that's true. That's, too. The tr that's just the truth. And so you're not, you're not saying anything bad about that parent. You're just telling the truth. Um, and, and I, you know, we, we don't want to get into disparaging the other parent, but we want to be able to tell our kids truthfulness so that they can judge for themselves what's going on. They can trust their gut. They, in their gut, they feel, or their intuition says, I feel bad that my dad is not coming to get me. Yes, because sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. We have to validate that for them. Mm. And then, you know, this question is talking about lashing out at the, maybe the healthier parent. And I think in a calm moment, uh, I would really talk to my child about feelings of anger, feelings of abandonment, and I would put a name with these feelings so that my child was better able to understand it, um, kind of helping them sort it out. Now, lashing out at the healthier or empathic parent, it's, it's not okay. It's just never okay. And I think a firm boundary has to be set um, to establish a healthy relationship with, with a child, mm -hmm. such as, you know, I know you're upset with dad, but it's not okay to uh, lash out at me. Mm. If you'd like to write dad a letter or a text, great, let's do that. If you would um, like to cancel on your, your dad next time, whatever it is, we've got to be able to have the punishment fit the crime. If you didn't mm. do the punish, you didn't do the crime, don't be punished. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a very important point because actually, if you think about uh, lashing out to someone because you are yourself either feeling uh, anger, that's narcissistic, like projection. So if you don't set there the boundary, if you are not there for the child to help them to uh, name the emotions and saying, "Hey, it's not okay. I like I'm I'm sorry that dad didn't show up, and I understand that you feel bad about it, but don't." lash out to me it's very important to do that especially when the other parent is the narcissistic or unhealthy they are not able to do that and be the emotional mirror and then there is the danger that the child as well becomes either narcissistic or or something something else exactly we want to establish some empathy for the healthier parent, and you know setting clear boundaries is definitely one way to do that um and I think it's, look, all of us would feel bad if our parent didn't do what they said they were going to do, or we were angry with them. That's a reasonable reaction. Mm -hmm. But what do we do with that? We have to teach our kids by being a role model 
and talking about it, what to do with the, the anger, the abandonment, that kind of thing. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. That's great. Yeah. Okay, um, that was the last question and uh, great questions and great answer answers in today's podcast. So thank you for listening to this podcast and thank you, Angela, for joining me today. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day and I hope everybody does. Bye.